A group of sneaky sneaks try to outsneak a diabolical sneaky sneak obsessed with sneaking around sneaky government agencies. They outsneak the sneaky agencies and eventually outsneak the sneaky sneak who's also been sneaking around sneaky agencies. They sneak slowly, they sneak sexy, and they sneak sneakily to outsneak the sneaky sneak and ultimately prove that they are the sneakiest sneaks of all the sneakers. Guys, let's talk about sneakers. Look what I have created! I have made fire! I have made fire! I think this is one of the traits of a really good producer. Keep the talent happy. She just killed a helicopter with a car. I'm out of bullets. All right, boys, prepare to be dazzled. Break yourself, fool! Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? It's important that we we get together on this thing. If you had some glue, I'm really good at gluing. I could just glue it. Sandbagging, son of a bitch. Y'all ready to bust fast? Lick a license. A lick her license. We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. I am an FBI agent. You look like a blueberry. I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. Do you know who I am? You that silly ass reporter from the Channel 5 News. I'm Mo Green. What are you looking at, butthead? Let's go, let's go, I'm bored, let's go. Welcome back to Five Guys Flicking Around. 1992 Sneakers. 1992 Sneakers. Sneakers the movie. What could I say about the movie? I like what you said. Joel, first impression. <laughs> it was lackluster. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was pretty boring. It was just like so much blah for me. But I loved it. I had a good time. <laughs> no, it was weird. Uh... Joel, first impression. You know, there were some really cool parts of it. Brandon, first impression. I love this movie. We watched this on like, I feel like it was like a Tuesday afternoon. Chilling on my couch. Baby shitting himself in the other room. Nice. I had never heard of it before. Kyle's like, let's put on sneakers. And I'm just like, that's a terrible name for a movie. I love that it's, but I just, I love heist movies. And I love the ensemble together. Blue. I love, I love every actor. But I just, there's so many little beats in the movie and things that I love, like anagrams, like sneaking in general. And this is a perfect movie. It's easygoing, like an easygoing, the most easygoing heist movie that I can think of. My first impression was that watch with Brandon. I had never seen it. This movie has got uh, hungry. Grab a sneakers. Uh, it's That's got you get the two of them, and they got the two in the pack, and they you know, let's Twix. Ah, fuck. Uh, sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> hungry? Why wait? Grab a sneakers. That's a good one. Love the cast, but uh, I thought it was missing a few things. And on that note, Pollard. What are we at? That's gonna, be, that's gonna be three and a half minutes there. Yeah, I was looking for. Why my... is my TV doing that? That's because I accidentally opened my Apple remote, and I believe it was trying you to. Kill that's fucking scary. piece of shit. That, that's some you sne- fucking piece Dude, of that's shit. That's sneaky shit, Pollard. That, <laughs> you, turned, <laughs> you turned on the Come TV with your phone. I was going for the air horn. That is so something sneaky. is something sneaky is afoot. Let's give them something to sneak about. Plot rundown. You guys ready to get into the plot that I don't know really oh, well? Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, we can do that. 
Let's, let's sneak into the plot. Let's blow through this like Brandon's blowing through his pants. <laughs> <laughs> Two Western bacon cheeseburgers will do that to not anybody, but me oh, specifically. What's, what's going to plot run down your pants? In a few <laughs> <minutes>? <laughs> uh, okay, let's get into the movie. We got the movie opens with uh, in December 1969. And Great we, year. We know that it's December 1969 because the text... December 1969 is displayed on the screen. Or yeah, it could a, be an anagram. It could be 1696. Uh, I thought it was a red herring. I well, it's, a, they were... it's a classic uh, <laughs> mechanism you know, in storytelling to just kind of establish where and when we are. Yeah, it's called the setting. <laughs> the location is not very clear. Maybe you guys can clear it up for me. But it's a snowy day. Mm-hmm. They're in a building. It's two guys. Young hackers. Young Robert Redford in this movie, in this scene, is played by an actor by the name of Gary Hirschberger. They hack Richard Nixon's personal checking oh, account. Nixon. And <laughs> they're hungry, because that's what you do when you sneak a lot, is you yeah. get hungry. Robert Redford's character, young Robert Redford, Gary Hirschberger's character. <laughs> you look like a young Robert Redford. <laughs> Not that young, though. For the rest of that guy's career, he's like, I was in that movie Sneakers with... with uh, I was supposed to be Robert Redford. Yeah. The casting director once told me I look like a young Robert Redford. I had to grow a mustache. It was a whole thing. Hirschberger was tapped to be in A River Runs Through It, and then he just couldn't cut it, so they recast him with Brad Pitt. Hurry up, dude. Go back to the When they were making The Natural, they needed a young Robert Redford. This is going to be such a long podcast. Yeah, I don't want to do this one. I'll say that right now. Let's just stop. Let's just stop. Wait, let's seriously stop. This is very unnecessary. Let's stop for five minutes, go outside, regroup. I feel like our energy is way too high. We're never going to let you get anywhere. Like, no, we're good. We're, we can, we can do it. 30 minutes we in, can do we this. haven't even started. Trust we me. can do it. And it's sneakers. No one likes this movie. Oh, yeah, I love no. this movie. Let's just take 30 seconds right here where we're at. Let's get professional, but a little sneaky. I feel like if you just get a little staycation in you, we're going to do it. And you have to say one calming word and keep going. Okay. I like this. Okay. This is a good idea. We're going to go around a couple times okay. and okay. you're just going to say one calming word. Eucalyptus. Eugenics. Pa- papyrus. Cornish. Peaceful. Breeze. Salisbury. Sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> All now we're right. Good. Now we're good. We're good. Okay. We're good. That sort of sets up the beginning of the movie, and as soon as that scene's over, we find Robert Redford awake uh, inside of a van, which is kind of weird, and it seems as though he was just dreaming about the past, and a memory that he will recall, and will play into the plot later, and we come to find out that he's in a new age, modern, sneaky crew. We see, we are introduced to Whistler. Yes. Whistler's blind. Whistler's blind, and he's reading the Playboy. Mm-hmm. Which, I wanted Braille. to ask you guys... Is this Playboy articles or is this Playboy yeah. smut? Like it's describing no, it's articles. steaminess. I think that, it's would, be, that would be I really interesting both. if it's just like tall, brunette, 5'9", <laughs> yeah. wearing yeah. heels and nothing She's else. She's got nothing on her boobs. <laughs> boobs, <laughs> boobs are big. Bare breasts. Round, big, big, big old breasts. Yeah. Written by Donald Trump. <laughs> this is also interesting. I looked it up because I was like, is that a real thing? Uh, Playboy, November 1984 Braille edition, funded by the Library of Congress, and Republican lawmakers tried to kill it because they felt the government shouldn't subsidize porn. Fake huh. news. That's actually interesting. Yeah. I love government porn. Well. So we yeah. meet we meet Whistler. He's blind. That's his yep. thing. Yep. 
And uh, we he also has superpowers. Uh, guys, it's not what defines him, okay? It's just a certain quality. No, about it's him. absolutely what defines him in this movie. Through. Yeah. We meet Dan Aykroyd, Sidney Poitier. Yeah. There's a young kid in the crew who I'll just refer to on the pod as Young Kid. River Phoenix? Um, and they are breaking into a bank. And then there's a little bit of twist as a viewer when you watch him walk straight upstairs to this sort of board of directors, gives them the money, and says, your alarms don't work, your entire security system is insecure, and we just stole all this money. So it's clear that he's a contractor of sneaky sorts. Yeah. Yes. The yes. security system just needs a little bit of confidence. The bank teller. He goes you know, to the bank teller to collect his check, and she says, So people hire you to break into their places to make sure no one can break into their places? It's a living. Not a very good one. And I was like, what does that mean? Uh, yeah. Are you looking down know. on him? Did, yeah, is the check sense. not a lot of money? Mm -hmm. Do you think he's like a bad person? Right. Who's this lady? It sounds like a very interesting profession. Yeah. It right? sounds like it's, I'd assume it was highly paid. Yeah, also. growing up, I didn't know that yeah. was a thing I could do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not clear how much money he's able to steal, but he's got to be. I mean, they're it's a lot. They're it's excited. A lot of After the bank job, we basically get introduced to Robert Redford's lair. Is what I'm gonna call it. It looks like a fun little hangout. It's kind of like a uh, loft warehouse. Sneaky pad. Good for a party, <laughs> which we'll find pad. out. Um, and he's approached by two mysterious guys in his lair, and they want to hire him. And they start to reveal that they know all the secrets about him and his entire crew. Yeah. Which, they say uh, they're from the NSA. Yeah, which is them sneaking up on the sneakers, which is sneaky. Well, what you said was secrets, but I felt like it was more like sneakrets, you know? <laughs> yes. yes. They, they say that they're from the NSA, um, and they know his real name, which is a shocker, because Robert Redford, since... The uh, beginning sort the of 69 incident. The we'll 1969 call it. incident <laughs> has changed 69. his name, and they know his real name, so that's alarming to him. And he goes to visit them at the office, and we find out that they want to hire him to get a black box from a mathematician. Yeah, MacGuffin, if you will. And if that doesn't draw you into this movie, then you're not sneaky enough for this. Then you plot. might be Ryan Pollard. <laughs> no, <laughs> that might be your name. Drew you into the movie. There is a quote. So Redford is talking to the bigger NSA agent. The fat and, one? Yeah. Ah, yeah. And he says, hey, I could have joined the NSA, but they found out my parents were married as like a jab to this guy. And the, the big guy's like, oh, and getting all riled up. What did he mean by that? Like, I think it means the NSA is comprised of like people from bad childhood, like missed. Like broke people broke that are messed home. Up. Yeah, it's like it's a bunch of pieces of shit, like fucked up people. That's what I was They're like. Not wrong. I wasn't sure what it meant, but that's that was my first reaction. Also, but what I wanted to say is, this guy turns out to not be right, in the NSA. Exactly. So it's a great bit of acting by this guy yeah. portraying an NSA agent <laughs> yeah, to take crew. offense yeah. to by the him. Undercover <laughs> like henchman. Yeah, yeah. he sells it. Yeah. He's very <laughs> into character. Yeah. <laughs> He's, yeah, he's a, he's a valuable employee. Like, this guy's committed definitely, to he's, definitely. He's so, a real job. He's so hurt by this slight yeah. at the NSA his, that right. he was not a part of. He received right. his backstory packet, and he read it thoroughly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, parents, my parents weren't married. <laughs> I take the NSA very seriously. It's the one thing you're ashamed of. I'm ashamed of it. I'm ashamed of it. So, ashamed. So Redford's all in. He gets his crew begrudgingly to get all in, and they... 
agree to take the job. And there is a lecture the next day that Robert Redford is going to go to in order to get a little bit closer to this mathematician guy and find out whatever this black box is. The grounded for life ginger character. Yeah. Can I ask, who reminds you more of Atherton? from Arachnophobia. <laughs> ben Kingsley in this movie? No. Or the mathematician? Oh, the mathematician. I was going to say Werner Brandis. But, but the mathematician lets no, us hear yeah. Ben Kingsley, 100%, because he has a ponytail. Yeah. Oh, because Dr. he doesn't Atherton. give a yeah. shit. Yeah. Mr. Manley. I thought no, you were saying Mr. No, no, Manley. No, no, no. Yeah. You, you of everyone should know this. Sorry. <laughs> and he has the accent thing yeah. going for it. No, it's a, definitely it's, Kingsley. It's Kingsley and Atherton. Okay, I agree. So he's not got a single a, spider in this movie, though. No, not that we know not, of. No, they were Cut sneaking around. They could be sneaking around. They might be. Yeah, yeah. Deleted scenes. Um... So he's going to go to this lecture, and instead of taking any of his guys on his team, he decides to take his ex-wife, which is weird. We don't know it's his ex-wife. It could be an ex-girlfriend, What's ex-fiance. What's the mathematician's name? I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like Bixley How do you not Cranston know this? I don't know. I was setting up a joke. It is, Bix, it is Bixley Cranston. No, his I name is his name, his name is Gunter. His name is Bixley Cranston. No. His name is Bixley Cranston. His name is Bixley Cranston. How did you not have this written down? It's not my job to do the plot rundown. No, you, you, knew, you knew the young Robert Redford character's real name as an actor, but you don't know the mathematician's yeah, because, name in the movie. Yeah, because Gary Hershberger's a great name. I'm sure Bixley this is a, this is a great The mathematician's name is Gunter Janik. And oh, I Janik. Yeah, and I right. wanted to say Janik with a nuclear arsenal? Yeah. Radic. You fucked it up. Yeah. No, I, I, I see what you were going for there, and I, I apologize for not holding up my end of that joke. It's okay. But we could just do it now. Okay. What's the mathematician's name? His name's Radic. <laughs> Radic? With a nuclear arsenal? <laughs> oh, no. I bumped into Kyle. <laughs> I put down their controller for 20 I minutes. To hit B, I but I hit A. So he goes to get his ex-wife to recruit her for this uh, stakeout job. For some reason. And when he meets her, she's doing a piano lesson. And I just think that that's really funny that... Like, we need to portray this character as someone who's just kind of, uh, I don't know what the attributes are of a piano teacher, yet somehow those attributes, like, fit her character perfectly. Yes, woman, short hair. And they go to the lecture, and this is the most absolute 311 I've ever seen any movie portray it. I It like, looks it, like they shot your lecture. If it was... Oh, man, if this movie had just made that scene like 10 times as long, mm -hmm. I'd like the movie a lot more. <laughs> There's a movie that I think you've probably seen called A Beautiful Mind that really portrays it in an interesting light. But that's not Absolute 311. Absolute 311 is messy. It's long-haired. It's white suit. It's yeah. it's a mess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's man, man ponytail. It's a gilded facade <laughs> of like elegance yeah. and class. Yeah. She, mentions, it is chaos. she mentions yeah, not beautiful mind. <laughs> during the lecture, she mentions that, that it's about cryptography, mm -hmm. right. which is like, what does which that mean? Falls into the 311, absolutely. Yeah, it's like, what does that mean? When he's talking, like, he's talking about these, like, complex constructions that man have made. You were so hard. And he says, <laughs> he says, numbers are so big that all the computers in the world couldn't break down. Their numbers are so the code. big. But what if there was a shortcut? And oh, it's just like, what are you talking about, that's dude? That's absolute 311. You don't, right you can't there. take shortcuts oh, yeah. to 311. Redford's crew is in the van because that's like a, a really. That's where they live. That's, that's where they 
spend a lot of their time. Oh, yeah. And they're following and watching the mathematician go upstairs to his office, and they're spying on him, yeah. and they're looking to find what is the black box that we need to get for the job. The mathematician, Janik, is so confused. Janik? With a nuclear arsenal? <laughs> he is... He's so horny, but needs to get his shit done. Yeah. It's a fun. So, it looks like a so fun cartoon. Confused. Oh boy. Or like yeah, a yeah, show, yeah. something from the thirties. Just like yeah. you gotta get these papers filed. What I don't, what I don't like, get is like he's like he constantly is like I need to em- work. I need to embracing work. Embracing her, oh, and then up. I need to work. And it's like today was his big lecture day. Like yeah. you don't have like stuff to do on the computer until no. tomorrow. And no, all their intimate not. interactions are very like, okay, you guys are. You know, kissing around. It's just like this awkward, yeah. like yeah. he's in the white suit. <laughs> yeah. It's great. And then like they portray him as a real stud. He's like, let's do what we did in Mexico City. <laughs> and it's yeah. like this guy's a world she's traveling a, she's mathematician. A she's a Janet. Uh, she's a Janet groupie. She yeah. just follows him wherever That's he exactly lectures. That's exactly what she is. Yeah, she follows him wherever he lectures, holds up a sign, shows her tits after he <laughs> like. Yeah, she's a groupie. They're spying on them. And there's this weird comedy of them in the van, like, wanting to take over the telescope. It was great. That was one of my favorite And, parts. like, they're just, like, peeping Tom on the... They're not looking for the black box anymore. They're just, like, taking turns they're watching them. for a box, it, all right. Yeah. It was incredible smut. Fellas, Janet's little black box is on his desk between the pencil jar... And the lamp. Uh, Whistler, I, I hate to tell you this, but you're blind. Play the tape back again. You, you can't even see anything. Don't look. Listen. And it's it's led to believe that, well, I mean, in this scene, it looks like Whistler's the one who figures out where the black box is. And the reality is, he's the only one who can't get in on this horn action. No. Right, so they're all distracted by their attention. boners. He's not right. much of a genius. As much as he's not horny because he can't see the good smut going on. The distraction that they set up with the delivery guy and the cake and balloons oh, is so like, good. It is really good. It's like what Kyle talked about. It's it's not like, oh, let's hack in and use our computer skills. It's like, let's use our people skills. Let's use our like mm-hmm. knowledge of psychology and rushing people. And yeah. then there's a group. Oh, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, no. no. Go ahead. I abstain. No. I stand down. Not all blinds are created equal. At Whistler's Blinds, we produce high-quality window coverings that are extra thick and extra sturdy. The other guys produce blinds that are flimsy, brittle, and let in way too much light. Not so with Whistler's Blinds. Our goal is to completely seal your house in darkness. If you want to make sure that not a single beam of light enters or exits your house, then Whistler's Blinds are the blinds for you. And if you're asking, aren't those heavy, heavy blinds a bit much? We'd say, who said that? I can't see you. The blinds are too thick. Enhance your blind senses with Whistler's Blinds. We got the black box. We're excited. The job's seemingly over. So we need to throw a weird party. There's a lot of dancing. River Phoenix has the best moves. Whistler's took me out of the movie. Well, it's just, it's not even dancing. It's everyone taking a turns dance. With Liz. Yeah, dancing. Yeah. Taking a turn dancing with Mary McDonald. Dan Aykroyd is like drunk conspiracy theory. Yeah. Um, They have the funny, what are you going to do with your money? What are you gonna do with your money? They go around and they talk. We got Dan Aykroyd really wants a Winnebago. Uh, I don't Sydney, know where that came from. Sidney Poitier and his wife really want to go to Europe. Um, All the big places in Europe: Scotland, Tahiti. Yeah. You know, Whistler usual. wants world peace. Whistler wants world peace. But when peace. he says it, he touches Sidney Poitier's daughter's plate of grapes, so that he can try to grab her <laughs> hand and say, "And women too." 
<laughs> peace on ice for men. Goodwill towards men and women. Let me but squish he, your mind. He grapes. touches all of her grapes. And you have the uh, you have the River Phoenix Who's like all of her grapes. <laughs> you have uh, pronounced Bixley Cranston. <laughs> River Phoenix's Man. helium inhalation speech. It's always which is, funny. It's never not funny. It's, That's true. Okay, I disagree. It's always not funny. <laughs> they find a super code, and they decide to hack the most secure things that they can think of. Yeah, it's basically because all of these, all this information is encrypted. So using that little chip, it de-encrypts it. And they realize that the mathematician has figured out a way to bypass any unique key required on any secure system it's not a code breaker it's, it's the, the code, code breaker, breaker. Oh. don't want to fall into the wrong hands so they get a little scared and they're like this is super sneaky grounds yeah and yeah, so they're Sydney like Poitier, like uh intimidates liz and is like you can't leave yeah so they yet. tell her she has to sleep there that was fucked up that was hypocritical that was real like it was weird he let his wife and yeah <laughs> redford and Poitier go to meet these NSA guys to drop off the answering machine and collect the check. And while Redford's there and he hands off the machine, he's supposed to get the check, but Poitier stops him and notices on a newspaper article that's conveniently in the car that that Atherton (laughs) has passed away. And so did Radek, which is the same guy. Yes. And so he comes up with this ploy to get Redford back by saying that his mother's on the phone. Your mother. And I was like, that's cool. They have car phones. Yeah. How convenient. Yeah. But he did have to make noises with his mouth that went beep, boop, beep, I'm beep, waiting beep, for beep, phone cars. <laughs> Phones so big you can drive them. And so they're able wow. to get away when they realize like those guys <laughs> aren't NSA. <laughs> right. We are in the middle of a bigger sneaky event than the sneaky event we were the thought we were sneakers yeah. have become the sneakies. He thinks these guys might be Russian, the NSA people. So he goes to a concert. NASA astronauts. That's right. The Russian NASA astronauts exactly. of the yeah. NSA. Cosmonauts, if you will. In yeah. a in a totally McSullivan scene, he opens a drawer, gets his revolver, loads it up, and says, I'm going to the opera. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty baller. He goes to the opera and holds up the Russian dude. He asks him about the box. The Russian dude suggests that Redford disappear again, but they don't really have an opportunity to before the FBI pulls them over. Kills, so you think. Yeah, well, he calls himself an FBI agent, kills the Russian guy and his driver, and they knock out Robert Redford. He's knocked out a couple times. Yeah. He wakes up in the trunk. Which, like, that doesn't happen. You know, Getting knocked out a couple times? Uh, it's, One make revolver it look, hit to the head doesn't knock you out. Like, you should, ah! Yeah, like yeah. Pollard mentioned. you just be like, ah, that hurt really yeah. bad. What are you doing up? Knocks him out again. Yeah. I always wondered this, like, science behind that, I guess. Like, where do you have to hit somebody to knock them out with one hit? Yeah, the fifth time that he wakes up, Gandhi shows up. He's in he's in uh, this super secret lab right. fortress-looking thing, and Gandhi walks he in. He says, then I've got to do what I've got to do. <laughs> Uh, to, to piggyback off of that, <laughs> we find out that Ben Kingsley was uh, his friend from the beginning of the movie. He has an interesting backstory that we find out after he went to prison. He meets gangsters in prison who hire him to run their books, basically. He has a plan to change the entire world. What's wrong with this country, Marty? Money. You taught me that. Evil defense contractors had it, noble causes did not. Politicians are bought and sold like so much chattel. Our problems multiply. Pollution, crime, drugs, poverty, disease, hunger, despair. We throw gobs of money at them. Problems always get worse. Why is that? Because money's most powerful ability 
is to allow bad people to continue doing bad things at the expense of those who don't have it. I might even be able to crash the whole damn system. Destroy all records of ownership. Think of it, Marty. No more rich people, no more poor people. Everybody's the same. Isn't that what we said we always wanted? The uh, NSA guys show up and they give him a sleeper hold because they haven't knocked him out enough. That? No, I didn't. I didn't fart. It smells bad. I don't smell anything. Really? I don't either. Aaron, you. are you rotting? <laughs> are you rotting <laughs> from the inside? I don't think it was Probably. me. Yeah, they they call an operator in order to get in touch with Sea Tech Astronomy. Try to find out some well, answers. No, they're, they're calling the NSA. It's better to get into this with the NSA than to fight off Ben Kingsley and okay. his people. And they have a lie detector attached to the phone. Oh, that's the best scene ever. All Dan Aykroyd does is look at a piece of paper and go, true or false. <laughs> yeah, and he's lying. He's yeah, lying. He's lying. It's amazing. Like, it makes absolutely no sense. And so they're left with trying to figure out where Sea Tech Astronomy is. And the only clue that they have is that Robert Redford has driven, at, albeit in the back of a trunk, to this location. And so he tries to recall the sounds. Oh, he's he's yes. whistling all over. Yes. Yeah, he's, <clears throat> he's... And, it, and it's it's like they're trying to figure out which bridge that they took based on the sound of the yeah. platforms and the that was you... in, so one yeah. was closed it that night. It is weird. It's sneaking, baby. <laughs> It is this so weird. Is sneaking. sneaking at the highest level. Yeah, and you can't do that without Whistler. Whistler no. is the crux of every great breakthrough. Whistler for them. is the hamster that's powering the wheel yeah. that powers the entire building of this. Yeah, and then sneaky... you pull pan out, and the building is actually the entire Earth. Right, and, and Whistler's just, just powering just, it all, just on oh. a hamster wheel. They end up at a toy company, which is a little curious. But Redford notices that it's surrounded by it's Cosmo. high security laser. Geese, electric, <laughs> electric geese there, electric wire, Sounded like a cocktail party. Oh, um, no, no cocktail. They're able to get blueprints for the building um, for fifty bucks. Public records, baby. Yep. That's, is that some easy sneaking? Anybody could do that. And they surveil the area and watch who's coming in and out of the place. They enhance a lot of images in order to find a license plate that's labeled one hundred and eighty IQ. That's a very high IQ. If you Break guys remember down. from the Limitless podcast, the average IQ is 100, and the standard deviation is 15. How do I find out my IQ, Brandon? I'll give you a little test later, Joel. Oh. Okay, here's the test. Okay. <laughs> a man... That was fast. A, a father and his son are driving, and they get in a horrible car accident. Oh, no. The father dies. Okay. The son's taken to a hospital. Uh-huh. The doctor comes in, looks at the son, says, I can't operate on this person. He's my son. What? How's that possible? Doctor's the mom. It's the mom from no, but Aaron, in the movie. No, but Aaron got it first, so he's got an IQ. You have none. We find yes? out that this 180 <laughs> okay, IQ Okay, wait, no, guy, I, got, I, got, I got one. So <laughs> I'm holding two coins, all right? Okay. They total 15 cents. One of them is not a dime. The other one is the other the other one, one, one's a dime. A dime and a nickel. So stupid. <laughs> Get to the end of the movie. Can you yeah. go how back to how the man How many have I won, too? <laughs> There's a lot of sneaking. It turns Nobody out the sneakers. Cares. It just ends. <laughs> we have we have so much of the movie left. Just say like Never go to the Warner Brandis scene. Oh, we're doing that. Yeah. No, no, that. no, no, no. Seriously, skip it. Skip everything. Just go There's to the end. There's a lot of the movie. The left. movie's not called Skippers. It's uh, called Sneakers. Fine. We're at an hour and a half. You're editing. I don't That's care. That's why I care. I'm like, let's just go to the end. No let, one cares. I'll let's breeze through it. I'll Come sneak on. right through. Okay. Go. So they find this 180 IQ guy. It's Ned Ryerson. He's into computer dating. What <laughs> they do is they Brandis. take the ex-wife and they, they match him up on the computer dating so that they can have an in with Ned Ryerson. 
Dan Aykroyd has some sort of anti-heat sensor jumpsuit that they're going to use for Robert Redford to sneak <laughs> no, in the can't. office. No, he can't use it because... Why can't they use it? It is dead. Oh, because Shut he'll up. die. No, because he'll die. You can <laughs> either... He'll suffocate. You're ruining the edit. Just let him keep going and move forward. So they have... God So they find it. the 180 IQ guy. It turns out to be Ned Ryerson. They needed in to meet with Ned Ryerson so that they can gain access to the building. What they do is they have the ex-wife go on a date with him. And they get him to drop some lines so that they can get past the voice recognition. They drop lines? They drop lines and they record them so that they can get the voice recognition done. Boom. So they're trying to get lines out of Ned Ryerson on the date in order to get past the voice recognition. She's also able to steal from his wallet the access card. Check number one. Check number two. They're also playing with all this sort of temperature control technology motion sensor technology they're checking all the boxes on how they're going to break into ben kingsley's office and steal the chip redford sneaks in and through a duct is able to break into ben kingsley's office from above and start moving super slowly the most important part of this is that robert redford has to move two inches per second in order not to be detected it's insane oh god it's the best it's so good i was laughing so hard because again it's exactly like mission impossible where like they have to do some crazy physical stunt in order to get into a vault or whatever, but it's a stunt that's only accessible to a sixty-year-old, which yeah. is moving two. Yeah, two instead of some like crazy arrow jump Tom Cruise stunt that he actually did, it's Robert Redford just being like, "Help! I can't get up." Yeah, they're like, "You got to get out of there yeah. fast." He's like, "That's the one thing I can't do yeah. is move of my fast." Back. I would for sure mess that up. Redford is able to get the chip, but uh, he's stuck in the ducks by the time everyone catches on and all of the henchmen are after him. Yep. Their cover is blown. The thing that reveals like their whole sneak is that Ben Kingsley Ben Kingsley uh, realizes that the computer dating set yes. Liz up with Warner Brandis, and he's like, nope, that's a sneak right there. Yeah. We'll call you a cab. Thank you. This is my last computer date. Wait. A computer matched her with him? That, that couldn't is, happen in real super life. The entire plot super sneak. falls yeah. apart yeah. because there's no way that he would be <laughs> matched with her. Yeah. That had to hurt. This dude's so fucking goofy that that's what's giving it away. Yeah. Like, and so they're shooting shotguns at him. They're covering the entire building. But Redford is held on the roof at gunpoint by Ben Kingsley, who shows up. The world isn't run by weapons anymore or energy or money. It's run by little ones and zeros, little bits of data. It's all just electrons. I don't care. I don't expect other people to understand this, but I do expect you to understand this. We started this journey together. It wasn't a journey, Cos. It was a prank. There's a war out there, old friend. A world war. And it's not about who's got the most bullets. It's about who controls the information. What we see and hear, how we work, what we think. It's all about the information. As true in 1992 as it is today. It was alarmingly modern in its concept. Prophetic. It was. And Ben Kingsley basically, you know, has foiled their plans but it's revealed that Robert Redford has kept the chip. No, Is that think, right? No, I that's think later. He, had he gave him a fake. 
answering machine he because he does the one. double kept sneak. the real one yeah, he, yeah. So he gives him you the think big it's a single one sneak. so he yeah. has the double sneak pulls mm. double sneak when he keeps the real answering machine with the chip in it what did the last scene remind you of when james earl jones oh was yeah so this is the armageddon scene <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah yes! this is the Maybe armageddon shot. scene in the movie yes! because, because when james earl jones gets them <laughs> and they're like hand you have something that i want handed over and it turns out that he is the nsa and so this is really to spy on americans but yeah. they're caught at gunpoint like they have no options and so they hand it over but they kind of are like let's put out some demands yeah oh well, sure with a box like that they could read the fbi's mail or the white houses what do you want mr bishop clear up my record get out of my life deal the box not so fast. I want a Winnebago. What? Fully equipped. Big kitchen, waterbed, AM, FM, CD, microwave. This is not a car dealership, pal. He wants a Winnebago. All right, a Winnebago. Thank you. Burgundy interior. Now in the box. <coughs> uh, I have never taken my wife to Europe. I'm sorry to hear it. Give me the box. You will buy me two round-trip first-class tickets to Athens, Lisbon, Madrid, and... And we don't want to pay taxes. Yeah. Ever. Ever. Yeah. It's so good. I was like, wow, dude, Armageddon ripped this shit off. <laughs> did. Hardcore. Guy wanted to get mother, sure. mother wants a Winnebago with a burgundy interior? That's a bad River choice. Phoenix pulls yeah. a cool move by just wanting that one girl's phone number in the room. Cool and bad, yeah. It's yeah. cool. It so much more. I like it way better than any of the other ones. Then the trip to Europe? They hand over the box, and then we get the double sneak. This is a triple sneak at this point. <laughs> because, because they've given the empty See, you think machine. it's a triple sneak, but you don't even know. It's actually quadruple sneak. How so? Because I put <laughs> in a different sneak. movie at the end of the movie that you thought was sneakers. That wasn't even sneakers. I wondered why Sigourney was, Weaver said, get away from that her, That was you She's bitch. All That. I quit. They steal all the money from the RNC, and then there's like four more hours left. So then when Kingsley steals it back, then what happens? <laughs> well, wouldn't Kingsley, it sounds like Kingsley's motivations kind of fall in line, right? Right. You don't think that he might agree with some of their uses of it at the very end of the movie? Right, but I think it's just the fact that he's like extorting Robert Redford that rubs him the wrong way and doesn't allow him. the wrong way? Hey all you pipsqueaks, are you tired of carbo-loading and stuffing your pie hole with protein to try to get jacked? Are you too much of a pansy to inject yourself with that sweet muscle nectar from the gods? We've got chips, cookies, bars, muffins, scones, empanadas, blintzes, pierogies, raviolis, hot pockets, lunchables, dunkaroos, egg salad sandwiches, bottles of Worcestershire sauce, Arby's roast beef sandwiches, and Yoshinoya beef bowls, all packed with 100% American imported high-grade steroids to get you as jacked as Dan Aykroyd. Dan Snackroids. Stop sneaking and start snacking. This part of the episode is called Categories. <laughs> We're going to jump into them <laughs> right now. Great. There um, we go. Open to suggestions on where to start. Um, We're going to start with the best thing I saw. Pollard, what was the best thing you saw? So I've given this movie a bad rap. Joel, and best um, thing you saw. You do so, that every time. So Pollard's been giving Don't this let me movie talk. a bad rap. And I've just talked for an hour straight. It's getting old. We don't like it. Yeah, you do it to me. We've all decided you it you're out as host. 
Pollard's gonna host and plot rundown no, from now on. I won't do it. I quit. <laughs> no, Welcome no, no. To his nightmare. And, and then Kyle, like, best he <laughs> and you're also gonna do all of the categories by yourself, Pollard. <laughs> <laughs> the best scene that I saw. Bollard, you're in charge of trivia. Bollard, what was the best scene you saw? Quotes. In sneakers. Oh my gosh. I'm going to explode. I'm going to explode. I'll start. The best scene I saw was the absolute 311 scene. Mm. Uh, that was great. Took my answer. Any mathematician. Kyle, what's the best scene you saw? <laughs> there he is. New host of the pod, Pollard. <laughs> No, no, no! I, I, I adhere to Pollard. I, you are no longer the ruler. You don't dictate who says what. Get out of my Pollard says it's my turn to speak. <laughs> Kyle, shut up. Aaron, what's the best scene you saw? Okay, best scene I saw was the absolute three eleven. I liked, I liked imagining Pollard as Atherton oh, doing yeah. the, whoever the guy, Janik, Janik doing Janik? the. Um, Doing the whole 311 spiel, yeah. not understanding what the numbers were. Yeah. So that really tickled my fancy. So that was also the best scene I saw. And Aaron and I were talking about this, but there was probably like a 2008, 2009 Pollard that, had I gone a different path in life, mm-hmm. would have ended up as this character oh, yeah. in this movie. Oh, yeah. And so, like, the white suit that he wears, the way that he takes over a room, to me, it's so much about like what could have been. It's like a white power suit. <laughs> God. Yeah. It's a powerful white suit. And um, I just I just dream of the day where I can have a lecture with my name on the bill and like whiteboards full of equations behind me and long hair. And a lot of accomplished professionals attend and are eager to hear There's what There's just have to 200 say. people in that yeah. room who have no idea what's going on. American yeah. sneakers, Russian sneakers are there. Oh yeah. yeah. And uh, I would love to be in that place and that's why it's also the best scene I saw. Brandon, what was the best scene you saw? <laughs> it's a tie between the two like stupidest pieces of technology in the movie. And that's the uh, Dan Aykroyd, like, the lie detector, the lie detector <laughs> over the phone. The camera, like, whip pans to him, and he goes, true, and, like, yeah. points to it. So when people have real light, when people take lie detector tests that are strapped to their body, those are not as concrete in court as you think and from TV and movies. Like, right, and that's not of, like, just the voice, too. It's No, like, that's taking yeah. vital information yeah. and your heart rate mm-hmm. and everything, and those are, like... They can easily be explained or dismissed, and right? Not ta- not taken seriously in court. So to have one over the phone that's just going it's on his voice, completely it, ludicrous. It would have it would have yeah. made infinitely more sense if it was just Whistler listening, yeah, being like, yeah. false. Yeah, he just does the he does the weird thing with his finger, yeah. just kind of staring off yeah. into the uh, distance. He's lying. So it's a tie between that one and the other stupid piece of technology, which is Robert Redford moving two inches per second. I love it to go, so much to go get the, the answering machine. It doesn't make sense. Uh, it obviously inspired the movie Hover. As we all know. No, no, no. Hover's an original story. I mean, I thought this came out before Hover. I'd like to to put it on the record that this was a huge inspiration (laughs) for Hover. I knew it. Uh, Let's move on to How Do You Do That? How do you do what you do to me? I'm feeling blue. Wish I knew how you do it to me, but I haven't a clue. How did Redford move so slowly (laughs) (laughs) for so long? When he's in Kingsley's office, like you think he'd cramp up or something. (laughs) Again, I'd imagine him just dozing off. I don't care if you're unveiling like the secrets of the universe, like as you're moving your foot, and then when you put it down, like you might touch your toe slowly, but then like you put your heel down 
and like just blow the whole thing. So I've never been able to blow the whole thing. Joel, how do you do that? I want to know how this hacking in the beginning of the movie works. Sneaking. So, sneaking. Sneaky yeah, come hacking. on. It's not hackers. That's a different movie. So, so they get $25,000 from the Republican committee. Um, you know, I guess that's understandable. It's not a ton of money. You know, they have a lot. But then they go into Richard Nixon's, like, personal account, and yeah. they're like, oh, how much do we donate? Oh, let's do all of it. Like, don't mm-hmm. you think they'd catch on to that, you know? Like, they're getting a little greedy. They literally caught on moments later this when he got arrested. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> There's literally, like, eight guys that bust in and arrest him. <laughs> Very true. Also, I'm starting to think that Nixon guy's not a good guy. Dick Nick? Let's move on. I'm sorry. Dude, that <laughs> had to hurt. I'm sorry. Hurt so good. Come on, baby, make it hurt so good. Uh, Pauler, skip it. Let's move on to who organizes the reunion. It's so nice to come together. Get together. Dan Aykroyd. Wow, that's who I had. I mean, so, so. Uh, Dan Aykroyd organizes the reunion, and uh, he's living in the Winnebago and dodging aliens when he's convinced that the Earth is headed for destruction via some exploitation of the world's telephone infrastructure. He begins (laughs) tracing phone lines and connecting dots and going crazy, and he wants to find his friends so that he can save them by inviting them to live with him in his van. At first, everyone is concerned... And they join him, but it's made pretty clear pretty fast that he's gone completely insane. When they try to leave, he won't stop driving, and he's convinced that if he slows the van to anything lower than 50 miles an hour, they will explode. That's brilliant. It's crazy Dan Aykroyd at his best. Most of the movie is their attempt to take over the vehicle. About an hour in, they finally break through the technical barricade he's created, separating them from the driver's seat. They hack through that and take over the wheel and realize the steering wheel gas and brake pedals have no control over the van whatsoever and he's incorporated some sort of computer chip that drives the thing they kill dan Aykroyd. Kind of computer chip yeah there's a drives com- the thing. there's a computer chip that's driving the winnebago Interesting. they kill dan Aykroyd when they finally reach him and so they have to figure it out on their own and they find a computer chip that's connected to an air traffic control system that's controlling the van <laughs> God Whistler, Holy Whistler. Shit. What it, category is this? This is reunion. Oh, okay. Whistler is able to trace the signal by hearing <laughs> the radio signals that are coming off an antenna. That's in the, the van. first believable thing you've said. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd going this crazy is not uh, yeah, not believable. That's true. That's They're true. able to reveal two wires attached to the antenna, a red and a green wire. While Whistler is figuring it out slowly, Poitier gets impatient. And rushes the decision by slicing a wire, causing them all to blow up and die. That's the reunion. I like the rushes, rushes part. So it's some kind of weird space <laughs> bomb detonation conspiracy Aykroyd film. Yeah, I just I like, love it. <laughs> I didn't like the part where you talked about hacking. It just yeah, sounds off brand. That was un. Right. That was unbecoming. It yeah. should have been sneaking. Yeah. It's still it. it's, it's still in the workshop. I couldn't understand it. I couldn't either. Just like this. So movie. it's like an evil reunion. Yeah, no, oh, he, no, he's yeah. crazy. It's a crazy reunion. Was Ben yeah. Kingsley in it? It's like no. an oval reunion. Was oh. Brie Larson in it? Maybe. Okay. Oh, you had me at maybe Brie Larson. Um, 
Joel. Just cut yeah, that Joel. whole thing. Have that's one. the only oh, yeah, one we're Joel, leaving. That's the only one we're leaving. <laughs> Just cut it. Yeah, that's the so, only one we're cut leaving, it all. I promise. So for organizing the reunion, I also have Dan Aykroyd, and he also is living out of a Winnebago. But uh, so he moves out to the moves out to the desert. Um, he ends up marrying a woman. He has two kids. It's not uh, brand on brand. They get no. divorced, and she leaves. So it's just there him. We go. It's him and the two kids. And so he's living in the desert, and to find work, he ends up learning how to be like a pilot, and he starts being like a crop Not actually a pilot, just uh, like a pilot. He, he, well, so he he just does like he like crop dusts the local farms. Oh, Brandon. Oh, yes. Brandon from the beginning of the podcast. And it's then he he hangs out like the local diner a lot, and he has this story about the how these camera. aliens abducted him, and all the local guys like in the like trailer park are like. Like, oh, there's that weird guy. He thinks like he was abducted by aliens, Probably and um, inducted by but, aliens. But then like this like uh, spaceship like crashes <laughs> out in the an desert, and um, so he like tells everyone like we gotta get out of here. They're coming for us. And so he takes all the people out to the local um, night, night party, party. <laughs> <laughs> the local night party, and uh, he ends up uh, saving the day um, in <laughs> on the Fourth of July. <laughs> That's Is there great. a line where he goes, hello, boys? In less than an hour. <laughs> launch the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. 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 Uh, I, liked, I liked the like a pilot stuff. I liked the alien stuff. I, I like the induction. I liked the 4th of July at the end. Yeah. It's great. You guys said the same thing. Yeah. You're on the different side of the same coin. Close. During one of the, I think during a best scene, I wrote down Dan Snackroids. It can be snacks Ooh. with steroids in them. Snackroids? <laughs> snacks for your hemorrhoids? It's <laughs> steroids in them? You gotta feed your butt so it doesn't bleed? <laughs> I just wanna go to bed. Snackroids! <laughs> like hemorrhoids pills? <laughs> you gotta feed your... Uh, feed your butt! What do you call it? Like a, a depository? What is it called? Suppository. <laughs> That's the one. It is a depository. <laughs> You got a suppository so you can deposit. Dump, dump positive. John Wilkes Booth shot Robert Kennedy from that book's depository. John Shit's Booth? John Shit's Booth. I'm losing my mind. Yeah. I've lost it. It's not going well from here on out. I'm here to tell you about John Shit Booth. Brandon, why don't you tell us about John Shit Booth? Can we say John Shit Booth? <laughs> You've lost it for yourselves. Hey, all you 5GFA listeners and or subscribers. Man, oh man, do we have a product for you. And by you, I mean those of you who take a shit and sometimes see more red than brown. Introducing Dan Snackroids, the first suppository designed to keep your hemorrhoids in check. Take three Snackroid pills before each meal to ensure that your next stool sample isn't leaving you feeling like a fool sample. Dan Snackroids is a proprietary blend of clove, cinnamon, cayenne pepper, agave, and habanero chili pepper, which flushes out the toxins and keeps your toilet paper from seeing red. Like Whistler, we don't see color, but when it comes to toilet paper, if it's brown, flush it down. If it's white, that's alright. And if it's red, you might be dead and or dying soon, so remember to feed your butt and take Dan Snackroids today. Let's move on to the Clutch Award. Baby, you are so money and you don't even know it. Pollard, Clutch Award. <laughs>
What are you guys fucking about? <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he did, oh, it was gross. <laughs> he took the sugar and sprinkled it on my tongue. It takes two to tango. But you let was, him. It was like more like finger dirt. And it was sugar. Ew. You guys are not coming in clutch right now. That was sorry. I, I no, I feel sorry for you. That sounds <coughs> terrible. I'm gonna vomit. At least we only have ten categories left. So whose yeah. turn is it? Who did the clutch award? Let's move on to quotes. <coughs> wow, motherfuckers mess with me, I'll split your head. Pollard quotes. Um. So when Ned Ryerson meets up with. <laughs> The lady for the date. His pi- the it's weird. The okay. <laughs> the lady of the night. The lady of the night. My, one of the quotes that I have is, when Kyle and I first watched this movie, Sidney Poitier says a line that we had no idea what he was talking about, and we had to rewind it like three different times to figure out what the line was, and I finally figured it out after listening, after putting on the <laughs> subtitles. Uh, this is after they find out that they've been double-crossed on their sneak, getting the black box from Jan- from Janik. And Sidney Poitier says, Janik's gran is from the NSA. What did he say? He says, he says Janik's gran is from the NSA. I don't I don't even know what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. What he is said, he the, the mathematician's Janik's- name is Grant. It's yeah. Janik. Right, I got that. Grant. It's from, from the, the NSA. NSA. Janix Grant but is from the NSA. To a bunch but it's like, like Grant is from. Yeah, no. Like the way he says it is Janix Grant is from the NSA. <laughs> what and is then that? It's like, all right, whatever you're saying. <laughs> but they were saying like, oh, we think his before they were like, we think he got a grant from Russia, and that's why he built this code breaker thingy. But he didn't, and so that's why he says <laughs> Janix Grant is from the NSA. <laughs> but it's like that, and if you don't know who Janik is. And, you, and I certainly didn't. <laughs> no. Yeah. It was very confusing. Uh, Classic. That's good. Kyle, quotes. So Liz looks at Redford when she sees him spot Janik at the lecture, and she says, you're going to follow him, aren't you? And Redford's face just says, I definitely am. But he doesn't say anything. Yeah. So she goes, it's fine. I'll grab a cab. Because... You just know these guys love sneaking. <laughs> like, this is what they do. They sneak, and he didn't have to say anything. She knew he's going to follow him. <laughs> just a little sneaking, baby. Just time to sneak, baby. Uh, it was, I think it was River Phoenix at the very end of the movie. He says, I can't believe we pulled off the greatest sneak in history and can't tell anyone Did about really it. Did really say that? <laughs> yeah, they call, no it, they call it a sneak. That's, their thing. That's the title of they're the movie. They're not spies. Whoa. They're not doing espionage. They're just sneaking, <laughs> baby. <laughs> the greatest sneak ever. <laughs> in, the, in the lecture, she's like, you're going to sneak after this guy, aren't you? <laughs> I'm not not going to sneak after him. My quote. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Radford says, toy company my ass. That's laser fencing. <laughs> I really like that one. Uh, Out of context, it's just Yes, great. yes. Like, in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the, uh, the like AFI 100 quotes of all time yeah. movie quotes. Toy company my ass. That's laser fencing. Does anybody have ah, yes, yes. Does From anybody... the 1992 classic sneakers, yes. Does anybody have what the toy company was called again? Playtronics. Duncan's toy. It's great. I wonder if that's an anagram that we haven't figured out yet. Suck blog. Fucking <laughs> Let's move on to... What, what takes me out of the movie? What 
what takes me out of the flick. Uh, Joel, what takes <laughs> takes you out of the movie, my man? This movie's fucking confusing. That's what takes me out of the movie. Brandon, what takes you out of the movie? Uh, I'm going with Ben Kingsley's American accent. Yeah. I don't know what he's going for. Yeah. It's not right. Was he <laughs> That's really for trying sure. to do an American accent? It yes. It didn't seem very... It was like a weird Boston, it, but like South just, African. Yeah. yeah. It was it bad. Bizarre. It was really bad. Yep. Just make him English. Mm-hmm. Bad, would, bad Kingsley's yeah, make, bad accent. Make young Ben Kingsley English. That's way Ben Kingsley have to do his Yeah, that's accent. way right. easier. The right. director... You'd have to tie him to that guy at the beginning. The director yeah. decided... This young Ben Kingsley is phenomenal. Yeah. And real Ben Kingsley is He's phenomenal. Like, it's we easier. cannot compromise. It's easier to teach drillers to be yes. astronauts than it is to teach astronauts go. to drill. Yeah. Yeah. The I audience won't That's what it all comes down to. All he to, does uh, is get arrested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sleight of hand maybe is what got him the job. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, what takes you out of the movie? Um, what takes me out of the movie, there was one scene that really bothered me, and it was where the henchmen are going to kill Robert Redford when Kingsley's like, kill my friends. Yeah. And then this is the exchange. Son of a bitch. You didn't really think we were going to let you go, did you? You didn't really think I was going to let you have this box, did you? What? Now. Now? What are you talking about now? Now. Damn right now. Carl, now. On the first one, he should have just come in. Why are you doing this back and forth nine times? Where you're definitely the henchmen do the the classic regrip while they're like, yeah, yeah. The other guy's like got the machine gun. He's like, okay. I I love that because at the end he's just like, Carl, what happened? He's just like, that was fucking hard. Yeah, (laughs) to fall through the ceiling. Yeah, Yeah. in the right spot. Pick where the guy was and land on him. I I love that scene. But yeah, yeah, it's terrible and it takes me out of the movie too. Yeah. Um. Pollard, what takes you out of the movie? I have two. I have a lot, but I'll Fuck say two. You. Yeah. Um, all the blind jokey stuff mm. to me was played out. I don't know. I didn't like it. But put yourself in 1992. Blind jokes were still funny. Yeah, <laughs> put yourself in 1992's blind, blind shoes. Yeah. And also, what's another? What's another blues one? Blind, <laughs> blind Larry sticks. Also, why does the ex-wife buy in on what they're all up to? She loves sneaking. What if we started an app where we rated celebrity women, and it was McSullivan's Bad Meat app or something? And it's just celebrities, and we rate them. And I'm like, is their meat still good, or has their meat gone bad? McSullivan's bad bite. Something like that. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Sally Field. Yeah. McSullivan's bad meat. That's, yeah. That meat's good. Whoa. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, wow. Surprising. Just for nostalgic How do purposes, I get the scene? Low bar. <laughs> Helen Mirren. That meat's still good. Wow. That meat's still good. Wow. McSullivan. <laughs> but yeah. if it's like someone who's like 43, then it's like, yeah, no, right. that meat's gone There's bad. There's not like some like nostalgic. Like, <laughs> Prestigious kind of title. For sure. Like Jennifer Aniston. That's great. Believe it or not, Jen's meat has gone bad. (laughs) (laughs) What category are we on? Let's move on to McMulligans. Brandon, what's your McMulligan? I would change the title of the movie. Sneakers is a terrible title. You think it's going to be a shoe movie? It's a terrible cowboy name. Yeah, it's a terrible terrible. name. I would change it to like uh, Losa Sneakers 
is a good one. Um, sneaky guys. Kyle McMulligan. My McMulligan is remove City Poitier from the film Ooh. or rewrite his character completely. Uh, he's just there the whole movie like a shitty assistant coach that adds no sneak ability. <laughs> no sneak ability? <laughs> yeah. Everyone's helping the squad be sneaky. He doesn't Poitier, do anything. He's just a grumpy piece of shit. Take him out. Rewrite him. Make him a sexy demolitions expert. Like Tinker from Roadhouse. He's also the one who <laughs> wants to give themselves up and like turn themselves in. He's too. the worst. Yeah, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. What is his job in the van? No, nothing. He's just like, let me talk. I'd say he is a class act throughout. Yeah, but he also has connections with the NSA. <laughs> I'm with Kyle. The assistant coach thing is such a great <laughs> yeah. analogy. Yeah. Pollard. McMulligan. Everyone go. Um, I I want <laughs> Terry Funk. <laughs> Too tired. We put him in the movie. The Funk Master. I'm he just seduces saying. Ned Ryerson. That would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, because I'd figure that Terry Funk hey. would be a very gentle lover. Let's move on to sending out an SOS. Sequel. Squeakwall. Squeakwall. Sneakwall. Sneakwall. It's a sneakwall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Run away. I'd like to see a straight reboot surrounding some kind of autonomous IP that the sneakers need to stop. Uh, we they re- need to stop the IP. It's autonomous. Can oh, you imagine? Shit. Autonomous intellectual property. No, instant this? pizza. Oh fuck! I forgot. <laughs> Can you imagine pizza just making itself? That's scary. <laughs> A perpetual pizza machine, <laughs> PPM. So we recast it with Denzel Washington in the Redford role so that he has a gruffness to him, but he retains the cool swagger. We get Ryan Gosling in his mother to flex his comedy chops as a conspiracy theorist hacker, but he also just makes every movie better. Tom Holland is River Phoenix, a.k.a. the young, lovelorn sneaker with much to learn. Sidney Poitier is played by Vin Diesel, who would really lend some muscle, heart, and familia to the squad we get will smith <laughs> will smith to play kingsley's character because we've never seen him play a bad guy and he could definitely pull off a smart guy trying to make the world a better place but also kind of a wild card yeah and in his first Woo! oscar nominated performance we have scott andrew khan as whistler wow <laughs> He's, he's really go over the top in that His role. hair stands up on oh, end when he gets a hunch. <laughs> Instead of being blind, it's just like how short he is that is his thing. Yeah. And he's like, you guys didn't see it from a lower yeah, angle. Yeah, all the clues on the ground. <laughs> yeah, like they're missing everything that he gets at four feet high. So they don't know how to crack the code until they like lower their... Sometimes you gotta you get low to truly see. <laughs> you gotta check under the table. <laughs> Yeah, the answering machine is something <laughs> under the table. Yeah. And it's just really him doing coke under all the tables. <laughs> it's like you just you're just snorting coke, Scott Con. <laughs> stop, stop this isn't a disability. You're just in the squad, man. I'm suited, man. <laughs> He's so suited. He just does the tuning forks thing for no yeah. reason. He's so, like, and then halfway through the movie it changes to Ethan Hawk. <laughs> Yeah. Like, he just got kicked out. Yeah, no, Denzel's like, like, like a Scott Con wig and like, like he's on. They do the forced perspective, like yeah. Lord of the Rings, Hobbit kind of. Thing. Holy shit! 
I mean, I I mean, I already like ate Aaron's finger dirt, so like at another level. So far, Pollard has eaten Aaron's finger dirt and got spit up on by Kyle. I sprinkled sugar on your tongue. It was not dirt. Kyle spit your face. It was more spit beer. You know what? My face was down. So. You know, my apologies. who's next? What oh. are we doing anymore? It made me laugh. I thought it'd be funny if we changed SOS to Ross for reboot origin sequels. <laughs> Just say Ross, Ross, Ross. Have like a, have the audio be, we were on a break. Yeah. Aiden, what's your rock? We were on a break. Each character deserves their own spinoff or origin movie in this. Uh, in this cast of characters, they're all great. Yep. But I need to see a Whistler origin. That's what mine was. Um, I imagine him as a Vietnam vet who is blinded by a flash grenade during battle. Mm. He's found by Vietnamese oh, villagers who rehabilitate him and trace him, train him in the ways of martial arts. He returns to the United States and has to save a fellow soldier's son from an evil drug dealer's henchman. And if that plot sounds familiar, it's because it's the plot of Blind Fury, and it's definitely the next movie we should do for the pod. Wow. Let's move on to genre swap. All right. I'll tell you what you're doing. Pull the old switcheroo. They go, they go really close to approaching this genre, but I want to see them go all in on like a going in style, last Vegas, dying old person's last hurrah genre. So it's pretty much right. all the same, but you find out all the middle-aged men in the movie are dying of cancer, and they want to prove to their young protege, who we'll maybe swap out as like a 12-year-old hairless boy, um, that they've still got what it takes to pull off one final sneak. Uh, the movie's plot is, again, pretty much the same, except the old guys are all confused by the technology that they're using, and they're constantly talking about their bowel movements. Uh, Whistler's going deaf and is pretty much useless. And then the line, I'm getting too old for this shit, is spoken by each character at least 15 times. Wow. I like it. It's, it's the like, old person's genre. It's like oh, Sneakers yeah. meets McSullivan meets Cocoon. I yes. Feel like, I feel like there's more comedy. <laughs> there's a lot more comedy. Yeah, I think yeah. you could mine a lot of comedy out of them just being old. Yeah. Which is, they don't, they don't use it to full effect except for the two inches per second scene. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Now we're going to turn our attentions to ex-local fanboy Michael Hillary for Magic Mike's Main Minute. Hey, Michael, you're on with the five guys flicking around crew. How you doing, buddy? You know, Robert Redford and, like, Paul Newman, they are, like, two of the most fucking over... Like, I watched Land Luke or whatever, right? Yeah, they're that one because like, it's, like, the whole pool shark thing where they're, like, you know, flipping shit on people. I don't know, whatever. Like, pulling tricks at the table. Like... Sounds like you're conflating the sting with Cool Hand Luke with also oh, maybe the color what, yeah, of money. Uh, that's that's what I am thinking <laughs> the three of those. Sting, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which was an okay movie, but like I, I, I which just, one? Which I, of the three was an okay movie? <laughs> but but they have they are so fucking smug, man. Like I get it. Like Robert Redford is beautiful. Like one of the most handsome individuals on the face of the planet, like bar none. And, and the thing that gets like kind of pissed me off about Robert Redford is like that's the whole reason why Brad like Brad Pitt and Robert Redford look like they came from the same tree, and I don't like the genetic tree, not just like the pretty tree. And just because you're pretty doesn't mean you get to talk. <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> Let's move on to Blu-ray price. How much would you pay for this movie? You know the rest of it. <laughs> Joel, what's your Blu-ray price? 
I'm going three ninety nine. Jesus. Yeah. Three ninety nine. Out of order. What do you got? I'm going thirty five bucks for this one. Wow. I love, love this movie. It's lighthearted. It's an easy watch, and it's got a lot of fun analog, real world sneak devices in it. Kyle, Blu-ray. Um, I agree. There's a lot of great spy movies, a lot of great espionage movies. Not enough sneaky movies, in my opinion. <laughs> this is probably the best of the bunch. So I'd pay nine thirty-one for this movie. It's strange. On Blu-ray. Well, with tax, it's ten bucks even. So. Uh, Sixty-nine cents <laughs> worth of tax. Yeah, my man. There we go. <laughs> so I like this movie a little bit more than Joel, but not as much as Brandon, and a little less than Kyle. I'm gonna go with four dollars. Four ninety-nine. Ouch. This is the first time that I've. Had a price that's way beyond, beyond everyone else. Yeah, you, yeah. you get it all, brother. This is, this is your new Armageddon. This <laughs> wow. is your four movies from now. We're like, well, you paid thirty-five dollars for sneakers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, sneakers. Let's wrap things up with: Would this movie work as a McSullivan vehicle? Would this movie work? I have nothing. Joel, would this movie work as a McSullivan? Pollard, would this movie work as a McSullivan vehicle? I, so, I I don't know, um, but yes, Mac is assigned the case of patrolling a toy company's parking lot on a nightly basis. <clears throat> it's much more boring than the gunslinging he's used to. He's curious why he would be detailed to a boring toy company's surveillance. He's also very curious to meet a guy while on surveillance who has the license plate 100% ED. <laughs> he thinks, I have erectile dysfunction. I need to talk to this guy. Okay. And he asks him about his erectile dysfunction. And the guy is confused and he's like, no, ED stands for extra density. And that's somehow a reference to his dissertation and his life's work explaining the density of the mainframe in which microchips can be programmed. Mac is confused, as we all are, but is invited over to the guy's place to learn more. He's bored and has four hours left on his shift, so he goes with him. While at his place, the guy goes to the bathroom, and Mac takes the opportunity to do cocaine on his coffee table. As he does a few lines, he says what he always says when he does cocaine and says, Oh yeah, come to Papa. This alerts the robot dog that's also on the coffee table who prances through his cocaine. Enraging, Mac pulls out his gun on the robot dog and is startled when the guy returns from the bathroom, causing him to murder this scientist dude. Mac, with no trace of him being there, gets away and returns to his patrol, finishes his shift, and no one's the wiser at the end. Wow. 100% ED, baby. 100% ED. So did he just... Murder in cold blood? No, he murdered in a surprise frenzy. Oh, accident. It was an murder. accident, but he chose coke to leave. Coke-fueled murder. It was a coke fuel. He calls it a maxident murder. 
He has a little a little note on his phone. Oops, another two accident. Hundred days since the last accident. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Zero. So I think this does work as a McSullivan wow, vehicle. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm happy about that. You always have that answer. So McSullivan and Pops have been tasked with retrieving the last known Zune in existence. They believe the Zune is in possession of Professor P, a controversial mathematician with a cult following due to his frequent, wildly inaccurate calculations. They're not inaccurate. They lure Professor P out of his office by leaving him a bogus phone message telling him he won tickets to see a world-class metal band in concert. Pops and McSullivan retrieved the Zune. Pops wanted to carefully search the office, making sure not to leave any trace that they were there. Mac, who did, the ir- who did an irresponsible amount of cocaine right before sees it as a smash-and-grab job, and starts trashing the office to, in his words, send a message. They soon find out that the Zune contains the formula for Absolute 311. The next morning, when McSullivan steals a newspaper from the hotel near his apartment, he sees a headline that says, Controversial mathematician killed at world-class metal band concert. (laughs) A (laughs) A couple days later, when Pops finds out this information, he rushes over to McSullivan and explains to him, that the headline was related to the mission they carried out. McSullivan still doesn't understand, but Pops convinces him to leave by telling him he knows about a new underground casino just outside of town, and the two flee to a safe house. A few months later, the police track down Pops and McSullivan and explain that Professor P's death was not related to a government conspiracy, but rather a fistfight regarding tickets with the lady at the will-call window at the world-class metal band concert. Sneaky. (laughs) Pops and McSullivan don't buy it and flee the safe house for another safe house. The end. Safe houses on safe houses. Yeah, they're sneaking away. There's so much sneaking going on. I've never felt felt safe in a safe house mm-hmm. but i've never been in a safe house safe house yeah, yeah. that's interesting that's safer than the safe house. <laughs> that is very interesting there's layers of safety <laughs> piercing the veil of the safety of the safe house oh my god and pops yeah he's just watching yeah. me be safe yeah that's interesting where's gloria in all this kyle does this movie work as a mcsullivan vehicle this Mac movie works, and it opens up with McSullivan and Pops chewing out the captain's ass. <laughs> Take that however you want. <laughs> I will. Chewing out the captain's ass for adding them to a special assignment where they get a third partner they have to take orders from. <laughs> you don't give me a third partner. <laughs> I'll eat your butthole until morning. Why'd you give me that partner? We're only a team of two. Don't do it. Sugar. Sugar. Water. Butthole. Don't poo that. Come he, on. Just, he just walks in the room and is like, you gave us a third partner, like, you know what we have to do now. He's like, yes, I do. He just drops trowel right away. Uh, he knows. Men in crack. Um, <laughs> so this, this third partner has been working on a case for the last three years, and that man is our blind friend, Whistler. Yes. yes. After the events of Sneakers, Whistler is sad to discover he has never granted his request for world peace, and he moves to New Orleans to start sneaking around. (laughs) Okay. 
Whistler has uncovered there is a dirty cop in New Orleans that has been covering up murders, stealing cocaine from evidence locker rooms, and leaving large breadcrumbs for the last 50 years in a very sloppy manner, and he feels so close to catching this fucking scumbag. McSullivan <laughs> Pops realizes very early on McSullivan is the dirty cop Whistler is after when they spend three nights staking out McSullivan's apartment. <laughs> Pops finally gets through to Mac, and his loyalty is tested when Pops discovers his partner has been doing shady things for years that Pops has turned a blind eye to. Pops tries to warn Whistler of Mac's plan, but it's too late. And similar to Sneakers, it ends with McSullivan giving Whistler directions over a walkie-talkie while he is driving, but Mac leads him straight off the side of the New Orleans famous Huey P. Long Bridge to his death. He takes the walkie-talkies and returns them to Home Depot, stating that they did not work properly so he could recoup the $24.99 he paid for them. McSullivan asks Pops to come over to his place, and Pops obliges, thinking McSullivan is ready to put his classic McSullivan ways behind him, only to find out Mac was out of cash and needed to pay his cocaine dealer, who has McSullivan at gunpoint. Pops doesn't have any cash, but he does have his wedding ring, and he gives it to the cocaine dealer in exchange for Mac's life. Mac and Pops embrace, and Pops sees a couple of hookers in the other room. Pops resigns himself to loving Mac through all of his flaws and pulls back to say, God damn it, Mac, why can't I quit you? McSullivan goes to speak, but instead coughs blood all all over Pops' face. (laughs) The end. Classic Carl Zagner fashion. (laughs) Classic. Yeah, it's a it's a sad one. <laughs> Not Sullivan, a lot of sneaking. Did you bite your tongue? No, that's from the inside. <laughs> Not a lot of sneaking going on in that one. Well, way. the first scene was pretty sneaky. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. 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 And then sneaky. and then Whistler gets murdered, and then Pops sells his. Go back ring. to the chewing out ass part. I like that. So at the beginning. <laughs> Don't poo that. That's going to do it for this episode of Five Guys Flicking Around. I know we made a a lot of fun of the blind in this episode, but they can't hear anyway, so who gives a shit? You you know where to download the podcast. You're listening to it right now, so you know where it is. Look what I have created. I have made fire. I have made fire. I think this is one of the traits of a really good producer. Keep the talent happy. You just killed a helicopter with a car. Alright, boys, prepare to be dazzled. Break yourself, fool. Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? It's important that we get together on this thing. If you had some glue, I'm really good at gluing, I could just glue it. You sandbagging son of a bitch. Y'all ready to bust some ass? Lick a license. Lick her license. We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. I am an FBI agent. You look like a blueberry. I don't give a damn what you think you're entitled to. You know who I am. You that silly ass reporter from the Channel 5 News, ain't you? I'm Mo Green. What are you looking at, butthead? Let's go, let's go, I'm bored, let's go. This is a shit show already. Double dream. I, I'm a pilot. I, I'm a pilot. Mankind, uh, I gave my clutch award to Pollard. I clutched. I'm I clutched. so excited. You better print that shit out. I imagine when they're trying to figure out which bridge they crossed, they're like, was it Jeff Daniels Bridges or Jeff Bridges Bridges? Uh, we got sneaky. a sneaky situation. <laughs> yeah, hey, did- Blindy. <laughs> What's a marm? He, he was raped by many mafiosos. <laughs> <laughs>
part. Sorry, I'm so ticklish. I'm usually not this ticklish. Cootie's rat semen. Yeah. Soy ass sneakers. Corrodehead. It's roadhead. Yes. Roadhead. Corroded head. Can we do? Yeah. Can we do Stephen King's Thinner next, yeah, please? I'm down. I'm yeah. Okay. Please. There's he a. Shows up on him. Oh. It was awesome. That's some good smut, bro. Yes, I like the part about the sneaking. Anagrams certainly are interesting, but I am concerned about the manograms. The mammograms? No, the manograms. Oh. Now we're going to turn our attention to Sidney Poitier. <laughs> ah, I was angry. Ah. Uh, Mr. Sir Kingsley, if you could just explain to Your me. information is incorrect. Aaron Bryant. <laughs> Brian? <laughs> Or a squeak will we get Alvin and the chipmunks up in this bitch? Alvin, you hacked my computer!